0: it must be that time again welcome everybody to the lakeland insider jerry Isinger here hoping you're having a wonderful week so far happy monday everybody as always on the program we've got hafet mendoza and from jason simpson cpa host sway mendoza is joining us as well and we've got a pretty big show lined up gentlemen we're gonna be talking quite a little bit about venture capitalists we have an event coming up and a guest in just a moment I'll introduce. We're also going to take a moment and talk about all the, all the different ways that companies these days have to become a media company. It almost seems like you need a television network. Mm. Is that what the case is? We're going to talk about one company, Salesforce, which is going into production. And also uh, one segment we're going to devote to keeping our lives a little balanced. That's something HaFet struggles with. You will agree? Yeah, I agree every day. <laughs> <laughs> Balance is a thing. So how do you know when you're the CEO and the founder, how do you know where to put your time? There's so many different ways it could go, and you have to keep the ship afloat. And if one section goes down, the whole ship may sink. But uh, first, we want to turn our attention to a gentleman who is actually has one of the most impressive resumes on the Lakeland Insider. His name is Scott Kelly. He is the founder and CEO of a place called Black Dog Venture Partners. Now, he has been around for quite a little while. He has raised $4 billion, with a B, wow. $4 billion in public and private capital for, nice. for corporations. And he's actually he's helped raise that, but he's also given his own venture capital to uh, many types of companies, including startups and those in the development stage. And he's also a guy after our own heart because Black Dog... Is an actual dog makes us all <laughs> smile <laughs> whose name is melvin scott kelly welcome to the lakeland insider great to have you
1: thanks for having me appreciate it
0: so you have yeah. spent a little time at catapult thanks for coming to lakeland i know you're in tampa but there's a big event coming before we find out a little bit about uh black dog venture partners tell us about the big event happening in october october 13th
1: uh, yeah absolutely yeah so um october 13th we're holding our our first Tampa Bay VC fast pitch event, and we're going to be bringing investors from Florida and throughout the country to uh, listen and and potentially invest in startups from uh, Tampa, the Tampa Bay area. And um, we've done these events for about 10 years, uh, raised about $120 million for early stage startups. And, you know, I'm in week five of living in Tampa, so I'm excited about uh, introducing uh, the, the community to what we're doing. Welcome to Florida. Are you a Bucks fan already? I am. Actually the reason I came here was because I came for the Super Bowl and fell in love with the place. The
0: guy came nice. for the Super Bowl and wow. decided to not to leave. <laughs> that is
1: nice. <laughs> Security at the stadium said, Sir,
0: really you have to go. Well, that's pretty exciting. So you're you're new here and I understand you came to us via Arizona, is that correct?
1: Exactly. Well, I spent twenty years in Arizona and prior to that I was in San Francisco in the in the Bay Area and oh. Silicon Valley and then prior to that Manhattan.
0: I love San wow. Francisco. It's hard not to love San Francisco. It's a little, sure. it's a little expensive. I know it's changed a lot, but that's a conversation for another time. I'm really excited about this event you've got coming up, though. How do you find the companies? How do you find the people? And and what stage of development do you like them to be in when they make a pitch to investors?
1: Sure. Well, the companies really come through. I guess two sources. One, honestly, they find me, and because we run an and help companies, you know, fund their business, scale their business, eventually sell their business. Uh, you know, I've been successful in raising uh, a good amount of capital uh, for myself and others, but I've also had four exits myself and help, uh, helped another 25 companies you know, exit. Um, and then the other place we get them is from, we have a broad network of investors. I have about 13,000 investors I've worked with over the last 30 years, and a lot of them are large venture capital firms. And because we're a little earlier stage, some of the later stage venture capital firms will effectively send their deals down to us. We'll get them prepared and, and ready to go and finance, and then we'll send them back up to them.
0: So before they receive money from the investors itself, you, you actually help and work with the companies who are about to make the pitch?
1: Absolutely. You know, it's important to make sure before you go out and talk to investors, you're fully prepared. Yeah. And what that means is you have to have an effective pitch deck. You have to have all your due diligence materials you know, available and be ready. And, you know, a lot of our work is, you know, getting them ready in addition to putting them in front of potential investors.
0: Hmm. Now, you probably have to listen to quite a spectrum of ideas, Scott. Uh, do you, is, is it tough to say no? How do you, how do you weed, weed them out if, it's, if the yeah. idea is yeah. less yeah. than great? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, in an average month, I'll receive 100 pitch decks. Wow. Um, and I will consider one to two of them. Um, wow. So out of 100...
2: It, it, you would consider one or two of them? Wow. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Wow.
1: Exactly. Man.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's tougher. It's, t- it's easier to be a Navy SEAL. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is insane. Well, that's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to the event itself. Again, it happens uh, October 22nd. Now, have you, uh, spoken with any investors or, uh, companies here in the Lakeland or Polk County area?
1: Uh, you know, absolutely. In fact, uh, you mentioned in the beginning um, that I went to Catapult in Lakeland, and I'll be honest with you, I was blown away by the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, you know, Tampa and St. Pete better look in the rearview mirror because Catapult's those are pretty interesting <laughs> things. Um, and in fact, you know, we're, um, I had a conversation with one of the entrepreneurs from uh, Lakeland this morning, and um, I'm, I've been actively engaged with several of them. Wow.
0: Wow. Well, you know, it's easier for us to fly under the radar because we are surrounded by Tampa and Orlando, but Lakeland has actually made the list of the cities and areas to be in. That's great for entrepreneurs, including places like, you know, Nashville and San Antonio, among others. Lakeland made the list. We're actually, uh, we've got this presence, but on some, in some way, I don't want that to get out too much yeah that's true (laughs) because you've been in san francisco scott i'm sure when you were there well things are probably a lot different now after half the nation rushed there during the silicon valley boom right right we can't let that happen here so i'm trying to (laughs) trying to tell people that it's just awful and you know things are really things are really just terrible
1: (laughs) there's a lot to be said about a small town community
0: yes Yes. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to maintain that, though, when things are going well. So, Scott, if someone is interested in maybe uh, reaching out to Black Dog Venture or finding a way to see if their idea has value, how, how do they get a hold of, uh, of representatives from, from Black Dog uh, Ventures? Sure. I mean,
1: best place to start is go to our website, blackdogventurepartners.com. Mm-hmm. And then if you're interested in learning more about our pitch events, you can go to vcfastpitch.com. Excellent. Cool. And
0: Melvin is the black dog.
1: He is the third generation of black dog. Oh. And when I, when I found the company 20 years ago, our the original black dog was Mike. And quite frankly, I cannot have another color dog because of, of the name right. of the company. <laughs> well,
0: you have to get that, but it is tougher to have Mike, you know, Mike venture partners doesn't have quite the ring. Is it right. good? Exactly. Now, exactly. now one's a little more marketable. Well, we <laughs> we really appreciate the time. And again, uh, folks, if you, uh, uh, want to find out more, VC Fast Pitch. Did I get that right? VCfastpitch.com?
1: Correct.
0: Scott Kelly, we really, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. We'll be looking forward, and hopefully we'll get an update after the event and find out when the following one will be. Yeah.
1: Sounds good. Thank M- you.
0: Much appreciated, sir. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Excellent. I love to speak to people who are smarter than I am, hosway Yeah. Sounded like that. <laughs> he has a, a, a tremendous. It was, it was that obvious. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. It <laughs> stopped me in my tracks there for a second. Uh, it really is uh, fascinating in, in terms yeah. of. This is like a glorified uh Shark Tank, you know, yeah. something like that. It, where, it is. Where venture capital is such a
3: difficult thing to do, you know, and we did some of this with YesFit going through that, you know, and it's it's very it's very difficult
0: right you spend a considerable mm-hmm. amount of time there helping with with yeah. that whole thing which i want to get you actually yeah. in the next uh, segment because it really is a fascinating world to me in terms of w- are people looking for mainly unicorns do they love high risk but knowing there's high reward does it always have to be does any vc ever really want to jump into a company that has like slow growth no and- you know, it's it's the gamble, right? Yeah. It's the yeah. adrenaline rush, really. I
2: imagine that going to get some funding, they have to really pay attention to the books and the financials and really ask a lot of questions. That's why out of a hundred yeah pitches just two. They get two. Yeah. That's crazy. I Pretty mean no, wild. it's not crazy.
3: It makes sense. I mean, you know, you have to be really, really careful when you're dealing with a lot of companies asking for millions of dollars and, and right. um you know, it's a risk. But yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know. I find it fascinating. I think it's a great world. And, I, and I'm also, uh, you know, I hate to k- keep referencing Shark, Shark Tank because it is such the layman's right. way right. of looking at VCs, but there is something exciting about the great pitch and stuff like that. But you never see the amount of people who applied to be on Shark Tank or the <laughs> right. ones who yeah. didn't make right. the cut or maybe even all the ones who failed after after they even received funding. So I find it pretty fascinating. We're going to dig in a little deeper, ladies and gentlemen. Sway is going to talk to us about his days as a guy who really spent a lot of time learning about venture capital because he had to. It was a part of his job. It's going to be a great conversation, though. Stick around. You are listening to the Lakeland Insider. to the Liquid insider Jerry Isinger, Hafet Mendoza and the panel is here the one man panel from Jason Simpson CPA Hostway Mendoza joins us as well. Great conversation with Scott Kelly from uh, Black yeah. Dog Venture Partners. Yeah, he's
3: he, he's super smart, you can tell and um um gosh, 4 billion dollars, man. How do you you raise a lot of money.
0: Well, he put a lot. You know, he put a lot of pieces of the puzzle together, and that's. Uh, I'm sure that's his gift, and I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what the results will be. Now, Josue, you've done some work in terms of being really exposed to the process venture capital folks have to go through, uh, the type of companies that look for funding. Just broad stroke, a couple things for us. How much does it look like Shark Tank? Um, it's. It's not quite like Shark Tank. Not quite as formal. No, no
3: it's not quite. No as— No intro uh, music. The Shark and They Tank don't can... say like
2: "I'm I'm out." <laughs> I'm out. No.
3: <laughs> no, they're a lot more polite when they say ah. "I'm out" in, in oh, okay. uh, the real world. It's like... Better TV. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, not quite. I think Shark Tank is kind of like speed dating, you know, for um, sure. You know, for businesses, I and think... you, it's like yeah. that.
2: I think I would have fun doing something like that. Like shark, like, yeah. I'd have fun that?
3: being the guy with the money. Well, I, or, you know, I would. I would like to be the guy with <laughs> oh, the you money. Want to be a shark, not a. Not I want to be a, a shark. Oh, okay,
0: well, that's totally. Yeah, i would be like yes, so that's great. What, what, what are some of the mistakes you've seen people make in the process in terms of, you know, do they go in with ideas that are too muddy? Do they go in asking for too much? What do you normally see with, uh, yeah. a pitch?
3: I think. I think for the most part, it's it's. Um, going with too much at one time. I think VCs get a little bit scared when um, they listen to your plan and it's a very complex plan, you uh-huh. know. Uh, I think uh, the keep it simple um, is is really key. You can say stupid
0: on the air. I can. Our I did not know that. Is that, is that okay, Tim? He's shaking his head, so I think it's okay. I think it's safe. Keep it so, simple. So is it, is it the idea or is it, and I hate to put it this way, but is it the person because a lot of times somebody could walk through the door and have a fantastic mm, idea, yeah. but you still say, I am not Sorry, I'm not uh, betting on that guy. It's a combination of both
3: because if you are uh just a terrible person, um and you have this great idea, and and there, you know, because it's a relationship. You got to understand sure. when a VC comes in, it's not like they just give you their money and and, right. and walk off yeah. into the sunset. And some they
2: leave you form of accountability.
3: Yeah, they're, you're you're inviting a partner right into your company, into your firm, and so you're going to have to work together. Yeah, and when that happens, you know, you you better be able to work together, and you better do
0: it well. How, how what does that relationship look like do you think in terms of after after the yes has been given you have been funded. I mean is that do you see and talk all the time every day It, it depends on the VC. I think most VCs are content with letting uh,
3: with letting the business owner run their the business. Right. After all, you know, it's the business owner who's gotten it to this point, right? And Makes and, sense. and then you just let them let them run the business. Um, I think there's a lot uh, and again, that's where it comes the the relationship. But I think most VCs are content with with just letting the the owner run it. Um, there's a lot of um, adv- advising, you mm-hmm. know, and and uh, of course the VC comes in. They bring in uh, their talent and they bring in some of of uh, their experience. Right. And They've got their own lawyers, okay. their own accountants, yeah. so, all of that.
2: So sometimes it's not just. I mean, the money is very important, but yeah. sometimes it's also the experience that that VC can bring to the table.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. What about word on the street, though, that once uh, a venture capitalist does give funds, that you're it's pretty much over for you because they have worked out a way to be, be really, successful at your expense?
3: I really don't think that's how it works. I, You know, <clears throat> I think most of the stuff that I've seen, uh, VCs are actually... Uh, I guess some in some ways very nurturing people they mm-hmm. want that business to succeed. Something has to be
0: going right because yeah. everyone's still searching for VC money. Right. I mean, Absolutely. it sh- couldn't be all bad. I think it? this
3: year they've they've had <laughs> um, something like 13,000 venture capital deals have happened. I, I want to say it's this year. I may be wrong about that. Wow. Somebody's going to google it and email. Right. But <laughs> but it's uh, it's a record fundraising. I think over 300 billion dollars have been fundraised wow. off of VC so wow. so people are still needing that money. And and of course, you know, it's it's just one step in the process of trying to get to an exit, mm-hmm. which every business owner, you know, you started the company, and whether that exit is being able to sell the company and and mm-hmm. ride off into the Bahamas
2: or whatever, right. you've planned yeah. it all out way yeah. in advance, right? So basically, VC will invest, yeah, but there's got to be an exit strategy for that VC to recover. Yeah, in
3: some that, in that investment, some, right? some cases, mm-hmm. in some cases, no, right? In some cases, a lot of Founders are still running their company and they've gone public and, and you know become very wealthy. So, Um, but I think it's something that, that for the most part companies tend to come in with a lot of ideas or with a lot of ideas on how to run their business or maybe a complex idea. And that's a tougher sell for a, for, um, for a VC. I think, I think um, a simple idea that, has the potential to blow up is is where a VC really
2: likes likes to be now a question on that for for a VC to invest does the company have to be profitable or do they sometimes no not really look for profitability early on
3: no I think that's not no company does not have to be profitable I think you have some companies that are running losses but Mm -hmm. I mean you know Amazon was famous for running so many huge losses early on um but the potential to turn that around has to be there, and 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 the venture capitalist
0: has to see. Well, that. they knew that from day one, right? They always knew right. they would lose money for quite a quite yeah. a long time.
3: Yeah, and there was a lot. Of, I remember early in the Amazon days, there was people that would that would make fun of it because they would get so much love from the press and and from from the investment community. And I remember listening to a radio program one day, and the host I won't say who. Was making fun of of this, and and of course, you know now you're you're thinking about it, and you know, man, that was so wrong. <laughs> One time the press was right, and, and the investment community yeah. loved Amazon then. It's I wow, mean,
2: wow, According to this Amazon stock quote, uh, May sixteenth, nineteen ninety seven, Amazon was at nine cents.
0: Nine cents. Wow. Yes. Man, I, I missed. Uh, I don't know what I was doing in '97, but I missed a real opportunity. On what was that I one? doing in '97?
3: '97. <laughs> I was like in the seventh, and eighth grade, maybe. Ah, the good
0: days. Yeah. So let me ask you this now: <laughs> If someone is Miss in a boat. position where they're <laughs> about to go pitch, let's say they're about to do that first round, right? How can you help them as an accountant? You know, you popping on over to the to the accounting firm there, and
3: how well, think, how can you help? I think. Well, I'll say this: When a when a when a company goes to pitch a VC and they show off their um, their pitch deck and and mm-hmm. all the notes and slides that they have most of the time you get us like the projections are hey we're going to we're going to make it's a straight line up right in terms right. of revenue in terms of profit
0: you help I've, them come back to earth a
3: little bit i think there's it's very important to have this this uh, sense that you it's not going to work out exactly how you laid it out sure. and i think we do help with that we can look at numbers make sure that the numbers are make reasonable sense you know Mm -hmm. as in the current market and then and then you know and what what is projected in in the coming market sure but but certainly um that's something we could help with and make sure that the numbers the prospectuses make sense to go pitch that so well
0: it happened to me and i think it was a it was a really great day because i was asked i was raising funds for a for a film a feature film and the question was but this way, be honest with me. What could I, what could I make on an investment like this? And mm. I said, well, if we're going to be honest, nothing. <laughs> you could make nothing. You'll probably make nothing. Man, because... the sharks
2: would have said no, Jerry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but there was a level of appreciation there because uh-huh. he was way more well-versed than he led on. Mm. Mm-hmm. He knew the industry before we had the conversation. Yeah, um, he just wanted to gauge my response because of what Josue just said. Because so many people have asked for funds for a film, and he says, "Well, how, what can I do?" And they all say, "Oh, we'll make a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Oscar. I got George C. Scott's yeah. cousin in this movie. There's no way we can right. fail." Kind of thing. So it, it, it is important to uh, to keep it uh, to keep your feet on the ground yeah, when it comes absolutely. to uh, stuff like that. But I love the conversation, and I really think it's such an exciting journey when we think about having that presentation ready. Have you seen a lot of uh, presentations for funding those wages? Are you exposed to? I, I, I have been exposed to that. Uh, a, and a lot of in-person stuff in the room?
3: Yeah, in person. It's, it can be uncomfortable, but, yeah. but um, it, when, the, when the business owner believes in their product and is passionate about their product, that goes a long way. But you're right, though. It can be yeah. really uncomfortable, uncomfortable if they think
0: that's their baby and there's oh, somebody yeah. on the other side of the table who says, we're not interested. Babies, we don't man, that's a real
2: ugly baby. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine that?
0: And I've seen some yeah. ugly babies. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, that's good stuff. And, and that people are crunching the numbers, Just yeah. I know it's not the end of the program, but how, how do they reach you?
3: Well, of course, you can always call our office. Uh, you can visit our website as well. Just Jason, Googling Googling, it, right? Jason yeah. Simpson.
0: Yeah. Google Jason Simpson. Right in right over there in Dixieland area of Lake. Absolutely, yeah. it's all homey over there.
3: there. It's
0: all welcoming. Oh, it's
3: nice. We're we're doing that. You know, last last week we talked about doing that cafe. Yeah, we mm-hmm. got to do that. I got to get Jason on. I'm right. telling That'd you, that's fun. good.
0: Well, we just talked to Black Dog Venture Partners. You, you know, you, what? do you allow dogs in the building?
3: We we I don't think we do. I, I think you should. <laughs> I think Jason brought his dog once. A huge animal. Oh, you know what? Over the
0: commercial break, we're going to convince Josue that you should bring your duck because they're the most welcoming accounting firm Absolutely. in the Lakeland area. <laughs> Folks, stick around. You're listening to the Lakeland Insider. We'll be back right after this commercial break. Welcome back to the Lakeland Insight, everybody. We're going to give a little shout-out to members of Gen X. A lot of (laughs) of members of Gen X running around the area. Tim and I are among them. Let me tell you a story, gentlemen. Um, When I was growing up, I am of the age where you got up out of your seat and walked over and turned the television channel, okay? Wow. And I think in our area there were like five, like three main stations, PBS, and then one independent station that was broadcasting at the time out of Detroit, right? Well, along comes cable and everyone says, what are we going to do? What is this? This is craziness, right? All of a sudden you have got 26 channels and everyone's kind of freaking out. because How are we going to manage all right. this, right? Well, it never ends. It never stopped. The number of channels continued to grow and they all were profitable. And after a mm. while you scratch in your head, like, what do you mean there's going to be a golf channel? That is so ridiculous. (laughs) And now the highly profitable, I think they were bought out by NBC or somebody. Well, I'm reading a headline, and I won't go into details with the article itself. I'll just read the headline. Salesforce. You know the company, Salesforce? Yeah. Salesforce to co-produce TV show for CNBC. Wow. And it really got my mind spinning in terms of all the different ways companies seem to need a media department now, no matter what... Category you're working in, or what service you provide, it seems like we all need to have a television program. I've gone to places like Mailchimp. I've gone to their website. They have original programming. I'm just looking to send an email. I go there. I find out they have TV shows. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Hafet, you know you have got the uh, very successful Limpio cleaning services. When are we going to see some media coming out of the cleaning company?
2: Yeah, we'll have to bring we'll have to bring you on board. So you can film us taking out the trash. You want me?
0: But look how thin my hair's become you don't want me. I'll do radio. No, you can do it. I have a face for radio now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's it's what do you think though in terms of it does it ever end? Will we always continue to evolve toward needing more and more broadcasts but, and things of that nature? You know,
2: everything from social media on up, all of these new platforms like TikTok, Snapchat, yeah. everything's media.
0: Yes. Um So yeah, it's pretty important at every company. Don't you feel like we're going to implode one day though? Like, there's this. It's like where where does it stop? However, you're talking to a guy who thought 26 channels was going to be so earth shatteringly (laughs) amazing. Yeah.
2: Because, I mean, getting up to change the channel and there's 26 channels to change. Yeah. That seems like a lot of work. It's well, a workout. By the time
0: those came around, it was actually, when I was getting up, going back and forth, there were really like oh. forward, oh. forward oh, okay. options. Okay. Yeah. I guess that works. <laughs> Did
3: you used to sit around the radio and listen to the game? Or, uh, or was that too? Near
0: the campfire, yes. Once we, <laughs> you know, when we were living that in was, caves and back in the good oh, old man. days. Oh, <laughs> man. You know, but it was a different world. It really yeah. was. You mm-hmm. know, I, I I can't imagine what someone who is 15 years old today, yeah. what, what yeah. the world looks like to someone who had exposure to a cell phone. At yeah. Five. You know, nowadays
2: yeah. you have like the YouTube TV, the Hulu TV, and there's yes. just TV everywhere, right? right. And, yeah. and there's just so much content out there. Yeah. And sometimes it's difficult to even pick something to watch. Oh,
0: I <laughs> you know. know? yeah Yeah. there's almost there's too much good tv you cannot even now have time to watch all the good tv right whereas before you would just be so happy to find one one good show (laughs) kind of thing right
3: and you'd live through the commercials and everything Mm -hmm. if you're watching youtube and you have a commercial you wait for that skip button on the
0: bottom right (laughs) you just like tap i know my kids just tap on their screens and we we all have our own youtube channels now yeah that's true Do, do your Children, are they broadcasting? They, they
3: are not, no. no. I, they're not allowed yet. But they <laughs> think they are. Uh, the other day, uh, one of them got a hold of, uh, we have a Snapchat. My wife and I have a Snapchat. And we don't use it because we're too old. We don't know how to use it. Yeah. But my kids, who she, they're both eight years old. They picked it up, and they start uh, taking uh, videos of themselves on Snapchat. And they didn't know they were posting them. On, onto wow. the feed. So after a while, I started getting some text messages like, hey, what's your daughter doing on Snapchat?
0: Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, right? That, but, can be, uh, yeah. that can be pretty dangerous, actually. Well, yeah. and, it, and it really does make one wonder, how, how small does an audience have to be to still remain profitable? Which was the mm-hmm. thought that came to mind when I heard, first heard of something like a crazy golf channel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like, how many people will have to watch that and watch those commercials or whatever to make them profitable. And it seems like more than enough. And right. then all of a sudden with... Now it's not consolidated anymore. If you want to watch this movie, you have to sign up for this streaming service. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, that's annoying, it's like man. It's like, how yeah. small does my audience have to be and it still be uh, a great thing for me? Well, because again, when it comes to marketing especially, this mm-hmm. is, looks like it's a must-have.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. And media is not just um, video. like Media could be podcasts. It could yeah. be just putting just putting content out there, whether it's images or videos, or you're recording a podcast, like I said, it's just really putting content out there. And it's really based for companies on your specialty. Like if you're good at marketing, and that's what you do, then maybe you have a podcast and your Instagram is about that type of content. Mm -hmm. There's always an audience, whether it's Somebody doing makeup or somebody doing marketing or somebody yeah. doing cleaning. Right, right,
0: right. You know? Yeah. Yes, but it does make life a little stressful for me because it's just overwhelming. Yeah, it yeah. is overwhelming. I go through apps like Flipboard, things of that nature. Right. I absorb way more information than I actually could ever put to use or you know, that I need. This is getting out of that,
3: uh, the way the segment started, but it's an interesting point you brought up. Do you feel that a lot of the anxiety that people feel nowadays because it feels like it is anxiety level levels rising do you feel it's because of uh, it's like we're drinking from a fire hose you know social media wise I'm certain that's part of it you know and um and I mean it's been well established I think there was a report a few months ago or maybe even a year ago where where Facebook knew that Instagram was affecting, you know, teen, teenage girls in a very negative way. And, and, you know, they didn't do anything about there it. There
0: was just too much money to be made. Is <laughs> right. what's going on here? Yeah. So yeah, but it's,
3: yeah, it's jarring. But I mean, I think it, when it comes to business though, you have to, I don't think every business does it obviously, you know, going back to, to our firm, it's been very organic. We haven't done any right. advertising. It's a lot of word of mouth. But I think if there's a business that's like that and wants to see significant growth outside of where we of the areas
0: we service, Mm -hmm. you have to, you know, uh, advertise that way. Well, you know, and it's it's more than, I think, just an overload of information as well. There's also a participation element that is kind of a it's like you say, when your daughter. Is sending photos out into the world via Instagram right. and doesn't even know she's sharing it with the world. Um, once I think people started realizing how closely they were being watched, yeah. Or of all the things that could go wrong, the one that comes to mind is the poor Star Wars kid, as he was famously known. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he's in that. his garage. Yeah. He's pl- he's playing Star Wars. That could easily have been me. I'm sure I did things <laughs> 20 times more embarrassing than that. But there was nowhere to, you know, there yeah. was nowhere to share yeah, it you, when I was growing you up.
2: You are talking about your generation's lucky they didn't have a lot of, we dodged you know, a major bullet. cell phones with one. video and, and recording I, capabilities. I
0: think that is partly why things are different now, because there is so little room. There's actually yeah. no room for mistakes. And it's like, how do you get good judgment? Well, mm-hmm. you get it through experience. Well, right. How do you get through experience? Bad judgment. Right. You make mistakes, you make a fool of yourself and then you get a little better. That seems to be, have, yeah. that's taken out of the equation now. Now you make a bad mistake and it's like it's you are horror. over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
2: even even going back to the importance of media in a company, like it's a way for people to also learn more about your business. Yeah. You know, Because they go online, they search your name, they want to read reviews, they want to see if you're active on social media, because that kind of gives you a little bit of presence. And legitimacy sure. about what you're doing and how you yeah, are operating your business. So it's important to have a good reputation online. So it's a necessary
0: evil. There's it's a necessary. lot we don't yeah. love about it, but we really if you right. if your company is gonna grow, if you're gonna be successful, it's just one of the things you yeah. just you just have to and,
2: have it. And you want to know a, a secret about about marketing when you when you're posting content and people are looking at your stuff and they're engaging with your with your posts or your videos, um, it's just an easy way to retarget people. Because yeah. Facebook makes it really easy to to create an audience based on the people who are engaging with your content, with sure. your post. So, wow. Wow. It's a little tip of the trade.
0: Well, this is going to spark a lot of questions, folks. Don't forget, yeah. you can reach out anytime, especially when it comes to this. This is where uh, we actually really shine. If your company needs anything along these lines in terms of marketing or whatever, you can reach out. We're, we're glad to assist in any way we can. And you can reach us through email, Lakelandinsider at gmail. Insider at gmail i say it twice so no one forgets <laughs> coming up we're going to talk about how to keep your life balanced as business owners entrepreneurs maybe you're just doing a side hustle we don't know it is important to know where to put your attention so that the entire ship does not sink i think it's pretty important yeah. stick around you are listening to the lakeland insider Welcome back, Lakeland Insider here as a service to all the small business owners, entrepreneurs in the area, Lakeland, throughout Polk County. I am joined by Hafet Mendoza, Josue Mendoza from Jason Simpson CPA. They're going to help you if you're really looking for some serious support in that in the <laughs> arena where i know i need some support i'm jerry eisinger again i'm glad you're here you can email us anytime lakeland at gmail.com and on this last segment you know this is something actually hafet is quite the expert in i at least get a feeling of uh you know kind of keeping your life in balance especially as an entrepreneur Hafet, it is so easy to let your life just kind of go out of whack you right know, it mm. gets a little crazy if you don't prioritize or if you don't put the right amount of attention In the right category. How do you keep it together? What uh, what tips can you send our way? Well,
2: honestly, as a as a business owner, you you feel and you kind of you're always working, Mm -hmm. right? You're always kind of on the clock, right? Um, which isn't a bad thing because if you're the owner of the business, you're working for yourself. You're building something for your future, for your family, for your kids. But you'll still Um, find
0: yourself doing bookkeeping at like quarter to midnight.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Right. But that's kind of my story. When I first started Limpio Services. Um, it was actually with me and my dad and my mom. Um, we would go and we would clean different locations here in Lakeland. This wow. was years ago. Yes. Um, you were I was a pretty young man at the time. Yeah, I was probably like 17, 16 sure, sure. years old um, when we first started. And then as I started getting older and then we got into college. Um, so this was just a business that we've kind of done since since a long time ago, right, right, right. Um, but I remember you, you know you would go to school, and then at nights I'd go with my parents, and we would clean ha- we would clean banks, we would clean offices, we would we would just go around Lakeland. Um, and really, when we started, when I took over uh, Limpio Services, um, you quickly find out that you're wearing many hats, mm-hmm. and it's not just me as as Limpio Services, but it's any business owner. You're just wearing many hats. You know, you're doing marketing. You're looking to acquire new customers. You're you're thinking of strategies, best ways to advertise, right. to invest that money in order to acquire a customer. Um, you're looking at keeping the customers that you have, making sure that they're <laughs> yes. happy, yeah, right? Uh, which is a very important part of of running a business. And then I think another very important essential part is keeping the employees that you have and keeping them happy. Right. Um, right. because really, at least for me in my, in and my, these are
0: all crucial categories.
2: These are all crucial categories, right? Because at least for me, um, if I have really good people working the account servicing, cleaning every night, doing a really good job at the accounts, and I'm going to have cu- happy customers. So I want to make sure that I have happy customers, but at the same time I have happy employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because quality is a big part of of the service industry. Right, right. Quality has to be top notch.
0: So where where do you fall most? Where where's your one area that you've had to build up some strength in terms of, you know, what what gave you the most challenge of all the uh, category, categories we talked about so far? Um, I I would say,
2: hiring. Yeah. Hiring for sure. Um, because with with in the service industry, like you want to keep. Good people. Sure. I, I I feel that I've been very blessed in that I have people that I've been working with me for years. I'm talking about five years, six years. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and they're servicing accounts. Um, the way that we operate is that we work with an on-site supervisor, an mm-hmm. on-site. Um, a crew member that's actively managing the the teams and they're going to the facility, they're cleaning it, right, and they're right. accountable for that place.
0: Well, aren't you a little different as well uh, compared to other kinds of companies in terms of how they approach it? You're dealing directly with the right, client. That's right. not always the case, right?
2: Yeah, and I think that's really what's what stands uh, the what sets Limpio Services apart is that when we get a customer, when we get a client, um, we don't go out there and find another company to do the job. Um, we hire. We go directly from the customer, right? And we hire our people, and we and that put them in the That makes you accountable, and that makes and me that accountable means you could directly.
0: Work, you could work all day if you wanted. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> there's, there's always something to do. And
2: there's been times when you have to step in,
0: you know. Right, right. And, and it doesn't happen as often so now. So how how can you turn it off though? How can you keep your life in check in terms of okay, I need some balance here. I need I need to sit in a quiet room and let the thoughts go away. What do you have to? You know, you can put your phone. On silent, if something happens... He said you could. <laughs>
2: he, he didn't, didn't could. say he did. Didn't, yeah, did you, you that way? He yeah. didn't say, it. Oh, i <laughs> theoretically that you could. <laughs> if you you're could a competitor, you can do that.
0: <laughs> you know, but that really does seem be to hard. be the thing. The, hus- the hustle culture, I almost couldn't say it. The hustle culture gets all this attention, right? Yeah. yeah. Silicon Valley, especially. Oh, your worth is based on... You going 20 hours a day and, you know, right, no. burnouts around the corner. I think we're starting to really start to see the effects, the right. negative side of that. Well,
2: I, you I, know. I think with, with what you're saying is when you put, when you hire good people, mm-hmm. quality people who really care about their job, who take ownership of the, of the place where they're working at or they're servicing, then as an owner, that gives you rest. Um, yeah. Yeah. Simply because you trust the people who are in there. And, of course, you keep
0: an eye on them. <laughs> yes, but you're a, you're a team, though. You're a tribe. You know, you know right. their priorities. but we're a team. And,
2: yeah. and, and once everybody knows what to do and how to do it, sure, and they're accountable to it, um, I think that as an owner, that gives you peace.
0: Well, I, 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 I hate to have any empathy or sympathy for uh, the type of manager who doesn't trust their people because mm-hmm. they're so miserable to work with. <laughs> but it really must be a, something, an element that allows you to not sleep. Right. If you're the type of manager who is micromanaging and all that comes from a place of fear and it comes from a place of I don't trust that you're going to do the job, so I'm going to check up on you every right. thirty seconds. No. Uh, that's got to be a disaster. That's yeah, a, that's a that's a disaster yeah. that's waiting a disaster. to happen.
2: <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Uh, we do have supervisors in the area who visit our our sure. our locations, and yeah. and and the the reason we do that is because we want to foresee any issues before the customer picks up on right, right. essentially mm-hmm. we're, we want to be that that
0: balance totally different thing though yeah you know you're just you're just doing right by the client when you do something correct like that. we have to outstanding you keeping your life in balance hosway uh no we making you uncomfortable <laughs> no
3: i i work you know <laughs> i i try i think you know as an employee it's hard um <laughs> to keep your life we're in making them squirm huffet mm-hmm.
0: hosway is totally squirming and right i only now. say this because like the <laughs> last
3: few days i i've worked a long day.
2: Well, you guys had a lot of uh, deadlines, right?
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. As, uh, being in in, uh, in accounting, we do yeah. Have,
2: October fifteenth is a big, uh, old September fifteenth
3: right? is a big deadline. We, we I'm sorry, September fifteenth or October? Mm-hmm. 15th? Yeah, because that's when corporations are due. Oh, and now we, now. Uh, you know, we make our lists of all the tax returns we have on extension, and those are due October fifteenth. So. Oh boy. Um, you know, but I I think for me it's I, I have a wonderful wife who all understands that, you know, that sometimes you're going to come, I'm going to come home and I'm going to have work to do. And, and, um, and it's great, you know, but also it's important to take some time for yourself and your family and, and uh, have a work life balance. One of the things with Jason back in the day, man, we, we were talking, I think our kids were all young. I may not have had kids if I remember correctly. I don't think I did, but he said, you know, we only have about Thirteen to fourteen years with our kids, where they think we're cool, and um, we can really impact their lives, <laughs> and and after that, these other influences from friends and and the world start coming into them, and and all of a sudden, parents aren't cool anymore, and um and so uh, we he, we always valued. Uh, family time and and spending time with them and and um, waiting for the day when you're not cool anymore. Well, yeah, that'll that'll never happen. I'm well, you're mm, cool. Convinced, mm, I went to my super kids' school cool. today. because okay. I forgot to bring them lunch. Oh. so i I rushed over there to get lunch for them. And they um, and they saw me. And, man, they were so excited. They ran up to me. They gave me hugs. They had no clue that I totally let them down to See? They don't need to know. And I'm glad we're broadcasting
0: it. By the way, folks, one part of staying uh, in balance, of course, is staying in shape. Don't forget, anytime, stop on over to yesfit.com if you need to get uh, a workout in. It's highly important that we stay in shape. Gentlemen, that goes for you, too. Yeah. Everyone in the studio is also I'm accountable still to this. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks again for listening uh, again one more time that website yesfit.com make sure to stop over there get yourself into a race get that heartbeat up it's crucial and um thanks again also to scott kelly from uh, black dog venture partners absolutely uh fast vcfastpitch.com is his website and for limpio cleaning services thanks for sharing a little bit i know there's a lot of happy clients You're out welcome. there we don't, we don't get to hear the human side of what we've yes, got going on. Yes, absolutely, no.
2: Love our, you know? love our clients. Love our customers. It's, so, our it's such
0: a good thing. Folks, we'll be back, of course, as always, uh, Monday, a week from today, 5 p.m. Make sure to stay tuned and reach out to us, Insider at gmail.com. We'll see you next week.